You are listening to audio from New Life Foursquare. For more information about our church, you can visit us online at newlifefoursquare.org. Oh my goodness. I remember, as I was looking at some of these kids on the platform doing our thing, that some of our worship leaders right now, who are now adults, started like that. I remember Lerice when she was yay high. And uh, Lorene and the rest of you. Oh my gosh. And, and your, 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 your campus pastor here, Ken Santos, started when he was yay high. I, I, it's hard to believe and uh, makes me feel old. I am old. All right. Today, today is is uh, one day of the year that I try to avoid the internet, simply because it has become too annoying for me. Everyone wants to post some kind of funny jokes, fake news. Sometimes you have to read it a time or two or three or four to be sure it's not a joke, that it's not real, that it's not, that it is fake. Actually, as we have all learned the past year, fake news is not exclusively an April 1st phenomenon, is it? But on April 1st, you see all of these articles, even the big companies participate, advertising silly products and announcing far-fetched projects. You're familiar with Alexa, aren't you? I brought her with me today. She's not plugged in, but, but it is a hands-free voice-controlled device with a built-in speaker that uh, Christine and Ken gave me for Christmas about two Christmases ago that can instantly connect you and play your favorite music you can tell Alexa to turn your lights on, turn your lights off. You can control your smartphone, get information, news, weather, as a matter of fact, and more, more stuff just by your voice. Tell her what to do and she'll respond to you. Now, Amazon claims that they now have Alexa for pets. It's a bark and meow recognition for cats and dogs. Not true. Or the T-Mobile One C, a phone that you wear like a jumpsuit, the world's first full body wearable phone. I kind of like that. Not true. Or what about the McDonald's Micro Mac, a tiny version of the Big Mac? I wish that that were true because at my age, that's all I can handle. Or what about the educational curriculum that teaches language classes and emoji? You know what emoji is? Emojis, these are icons to express an idea, emotion, including facial expressions, places, animals, etc., so that kids can learn to communicate without declining verbs or even without using words, just using icons. Not true. Or what about the self-driving bicycle? I kind of like that. 
or the Progressive Insurance Company package for life on Mars. Well, these are all fake news. I could go on and on and on. Now, people love these things, and I'll, I'll admit that some of them are a little humorous, but for the most part, I find them annoying. You know why? Because I'm 76 going on 77 years old, and I am one crazy old you fill in the blank. <laughs> of course, mixed in with the April Fool's hoaxes is the real news, and people who just want to read the news will have to wade through all the nonsense in order to find out what's really going on on April 1st. Is Burger King really selling on one fry at a time? Now, that would be something that some of us would be interested in because most of the time, one or two fries is all we really need. Need I elaborate on that one? Who wants to drive across town and find it was a joke? Be that as it may, today is when fake news and funny hoaxes will litter the pages of the Internet. And then we're here today to celebrate what some would say incorrectly is the greatest hoax of all. From the very beginning, the authorities tried to dismiss the resurrection story as nothing more than a fabrication. But it's a story that would not go away. Our faith is founded on one specific historical event, not a myth or a legend, not a scam, a hoax, a setup, fake, fabrication, but a specific event that took place in the first century that changed forever the meaning of everything that matters in life. We believe that on this day, over 2,000 years ago, an itinerant backwards preacher named Jesus rose from the dead three days before he had died a violent death on a Roman cross. His lifeless body was placed in a tomb sealed with a stone guarded by a Roman centurion. And on Sunday morning, the Spirit of God entered the sepulcher where he lay and breathed into his nostrils and his heart began to pound and his blood began to flow and his eyes wide open and he stood to his feet fully alive. That was not a symbolic resurrection. Symbolic resurrection is the belief subscribing to the concept that the body of Jesus did not actually come from the tomb. Neither was it a spiritual resurrection. There are those who deny the physical resurrection of Christ in favor of a spiritual meaning. And they assume that those of us who believe in the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ must be so dumbly awestruck by the miracle that we miss the spiritual meaning of the resurrection. No, 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 no. It was a physical bodily resurrection. He had been dead as dead as dead can be, and now he was and is and is alive forevermore with the life of God flowing through him. And when the news of his resurrection spread throughout Jerusalem and the surrounding villages and towns, the political authorities and the religious leaders and the religious elite had only one thing to say about it. 
Fake news, they said. April Fools, a giant hoax. It never happened. It's a fabrication. Not true, not real. They're making it up. Fake, 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 fake. But in the days following, hundreds of people saw him in the flesh, fully alive, and they knew it was true. Now, you know, there are many compelling reasons to believe in the reality of the resurrection of Jesus. They have been detailed in books like Who Moved the Stone by Frank Morrison, The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel, and The Evidence that Demands a Verdict by Josh McDowell. The most compelling reason for me to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ can be seen in the disciples themselves. When Jesus was arrested, they all scattered, all but John. They all feared that they might be next in line, that their fate might be the same as Jesus's. The apostle Peter denied that he ever knew him, not once, but three times. Their response after his arrest was as cowardly as it could have been. But considering the circumstances, you really cannot blame them. His disciples ran in fear after his arrest, and after his death, they remained in hiding. I am sure they were trying to figure things out. What is next for us? What can we do? Will this thing ever blow over? Will we be ever safe? You know, what about our family, our children? Will we ever be safe again? Can we go back to Galilee, maybe change address or something like that go back to our old trade can we assume new identities move to another town i'm sure they considered all the options and then they began to hear the news first from mary and then from others jesus is alive have you heard he is alive jesus is alive I heard from Jesus is alive. He is alive. Could it really be true? This is too good to be true. Dare we believe? Now, Peter wanted to see for himself, so he got up and ran to the tomb. When he arrived, he saw the strips of linen, the burial shroud lying empty on the floor. And the Bible says, in Luke 24, 12, that he walked away wondering for himself what had happened. He really wanted to believe. It was too good to be true. But in the coming days, they saw Jesus face to face. They talked to him. They walked with him. They ate with him. Thomas touched him because he wanted to be sure that his eyes were not playing tricks on him. In the coming weeks, Jesus appeared to his followers again and again and again to as many as 500 people, proving to them that he is who he claimed to be, the Son of God, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, the chosen Messiah, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, and he alone has the power over death and the grave. What happened next is that these disciples experienced a radical transformation. They went from being a pack of scary cats 
to a tribe of roaring lions, man. I mean, they went from hiding under cover of darkness in a secret room and bodily proclaiming, boldly rather, proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ in the public square without fear, without favor, and adverse consequences from the powers that be. What could have possibly triggered such a transformation? I tell you what. It is a one-on-one -on -one real life encounter with the risen Christ. They had seen him beaten beyond recognition and they watched from a distance as he died and they knew he was dead. And now they saw him alive again and it gave them boldness that they never had before. It was because they had experienced a one-on-one -on -one real life encounter with the risen Christ. They saw it with their own eyes. A man who had been dead is alive again. Very few people, ladies and gentlemen, would be foolish enough to give their lives in exchange for a lie. But when you have encountered a resurrection up close and personal as the disciples did, it changes you, it transforms you. You'll never be the same again. Now, there are many convincing proofs that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And if you have doubts about it, a 25, 30-minute sermon probably is not enough. So I encourage you then to dig a little deeper and discover for yourself the consensus among scholars. I recommend the books that I just alluded to you early on. The Evidence That Demands a Verdict is Good Reading by Josh McDowell and by the book by Lee Strobel and by Frank Morrison as well. All right? For me, though, for me, the most convincing proof has always been the radical transformation of the disciples that took place in the days following Easter Sunday. Something happened to these followers of the Messiah that gave birth to a spiritual movement that shaped human history like no other. A movement that was far better and broader than anyone imagined or even dreamed happening. His followers refused to let the story of his resurrection die. It gained momentum. His followers told it to everyone, everywhere, anytime, anywhere, and they went to their deaths, violent deaths, telling the story of his suffering, his death, and resurrection again and again and again. That's why you're here today. Now, there is another convincing proof that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And I'll be the first to tell you that this is completely subjective proof. We can objectively observe the historical events surrounding the crucifixion of Christ. And we can objectively observe the behavior of the disciples in the years following his death and resurrection. And we can see the difference that came about in their lives. But there is also a subjective proof that I encourage, even challenge you today, and that is to consider, and that is that you can have a one-on-one -on -one 
personal encounter with the risen Christ every day of your life. Now, we believe in the historical truth of the physical resurrection of Jesus. And we believe that 40 days after the resurrection, he ascended into heaven and now sits at the right hand of God. And that God has highly exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In other words, he is the name above all names. That is what we believe. And more than that, more than that, and this is the purely subjective part. All right, are you listening? Yes. Good. Christmas is coming. <laughs> all right. This is purely the subjective part. We believe that he is not just residing in heaven far away, watching from the distance. We believe that if you are willing to, and, will, and he will come into your life and reside and abide with you and live within you, that he will change you from the inside out. He'll transform you. He will wipe away the stain of sin and pain of the past, and he will give you new life. And he'll make you a new person. He'll comfort you in your weakest moments. He'll strengthen you in your, in your weakest moments. And elevate you to experience the, your greatest moments yet. He will live with you in your heart every step of the way. I want you to know that I serve a risen Savior. He is in the world today. I know that he is living, whatever man may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always there. Why? He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. I'll tell you. He lives within my heart. It is subjective, personal experience that each individual must have for themselves. Now listen, it does no good to believe the historical facts about Jesus in an academic sense unless you also experience the reality of his resurrection in a personal sense. It happened to me some 60 years ago in Davao City, Philippines, August 2nd, 1958. In a corner of Thomas Claudio and San Pedro streets at a former hardware store that was converted into a worship place. Sunday evening after an evangelistic service, after I've seen the undeniable de demonstration of the power of God to save and to heal, I sat in the corner, far corner of that building. 
alone after the service at 9 p.m. An American missionary sat by my side and explained the gospel to me in a nutshell and led me to Christ. And I've never been the same since. My life turned around. I was transformed. Now, we used to sing the song, Jesus got a hold of my life and he won't let me go. I guess that's my story. It is not that I had a one-time personal encounter with Christ decades ago. No, it is that I have encountered him again and again and again. Through the years, day by day by day, week by week, month by month, year after year, that I can possibly count. The Christian life, my dear friends, is not about adopting a creed or taking a new lifestyle or joining an organization. It is about having a personal encounter with Christ. It is experiencing a rebirth in your spirit. It is about becoming a new creation. As Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 7, you must be born again. This is where the Christian life begins. And, and then after you have a personal encounter with Christ, guess what happens? You adopt a new creed, you take on a new lifestyle, and you become the member of the church, the body of Christ. But the cart never goes before the horse. It begins with a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. When you have experienced him personally, you know that you know that you know that he is alive, that he is risen that he is at work in your life. That's the good news. Amen? Amen? Now, here's the bad news. Are you ready for this? You just heard the introduction to my message. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Our time is almost up, I know, but this sermon would not be official if I did not include three points. So, in the few minutes that we have remaining, I want to call your attention to three resurrection promises you can count on every day of your life. If you've received Christ into your life 50 years ago, 40 years ago, 60 years ago, or whether this morning you make the decision to do it for the very first time, there are three, these are three certainties of Easter on which you can build your life day after day after day. One, you get a brand new start every day. Oh, it's really there. Okay. So you've been looking at that? Why did you do that? Goodness gracious. You ruined it for, for me and for them as well. Oh, my. One of my favorite verses of Scripture can be found in Mark 16. When the angel spoke to the woman who had come to visit the tomb of Christ, he told them that Jesus was risen, had risen, and then he said, go tell his disciples and Peter. Mark 16, 7. Now, why did he specify Peter? Peter, of course, was blown into the big way. He denied that he ever knew Christ in the very presence of Christ as Christ was being led away to die. 
He denied that he ever knew him, not once, but three times. Now, surely in, in his guilt and shame, Peter knew that it was all over for him. Even if the rumors of his resurrection was true, Peter no doubt felt that things could never be the same again. So Peter, rather, the angel said in effect, tell his disciples and make sure, make sure you tell Peter. If that angel were speaking today, he would say, make sure you tell Steve. Make sure you tell Jennifer. Make sure you tell Michael. Make sure you tell Jim, Mary. Robert, Alice, Jesus was dead. Now he is alive. And if Jesus is alive, that means the past is dead and gone. The resurrection of Jesus Christ wipes away the guilt of your sin and the shame of yesterday forever. Why? Because when he was crucified on Calvary's cross, he paid the price for your sins and mine once and for all, and you can be forgiven every day. That's why the prophet Jeremiah said his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. And when you have a personal relationship with Christ, you can know what it is to live each day with a clean slate. Hallelujah. The past is past. Today is a brand new day. You can say amen to that. Amen. You, can, you can do better than that. Amen. Thank you very much. <laughs> Two, you can experience peace. In the Gospel of John, when Jesus appeared to his disciples, he said, peace be with you, John 20, 21. And in, in the presence of Doubting Thomas, when he appeared before the disciples, he said in John 20, 26, peace be with you. Jesus talked about peace many times throughout his ministry. And I want you to know that as a follower of Christ, peace is your birthright. It is your inheritance. It is his gift to you. And it's yours for the asking. The risen Christ says, peace be with you. It's a resurrection promise. The one who conquered death can certainly conquer the turmoil in your life. If you lack peace in your life today, then turn to him. Yield to him. Surrender everything to him. Trust him for your life and let him fill your heart with peace. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, I give to you. My peace, that's a promise. Thirdly, you will never be alone. Among the last words of Jesus, Matthew 28, 20, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, many of those who heard these words would experience challenges beyond description. Frankly, many of them would die a violent death, just as Jesus had. The apostle Paul was beheaded. 
You know, Peter was, 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 was crucified upside down. Tom, Stephen was stoned to death. All 12 apostles were martyred except John the Baptist. He was an exiled prisoner in an isolated island called Patmos. He gave them his assurance that come what may, he would be there with them every step of the way. Now, if you are thinking this morning about trying Christianity or religion because it might make your life a little easier, I've got bad news for you. That is not how it works. Jesus never promised us an easy path, but his promise that he made this promise that he made, that no matter what you face, no matter what you face, face, he will be with you. When you fall and when you fail, he will wipe away your sin. He'll be with you. When your life is filled with trouble, he'll make his presence known. He'll give you peace and he will be with you. You need never again to feel as though you have been abandoned, as though you have no one else to turn to, because he made this promise. I am here, and surely I will be with you always, bad times, good times, in the valley and the mountain, even to the end of the age. Hallelujah. Now, as we conclude, as if these promises were not true, I, we would all be guilty of a hoax far worse than an any April Fool's joke and far worse than any fake news you could encounter on your, on your Facebook feed or Twitter or your email. But I want you to know it is true. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can experience it for yourself today. In fact, there is no other option. Our faith is founded on the objective truth based on the preponderance of, of, of evidence that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. It was not a hoax. It's not fake news. It was not a joke, not a scam, not a setup. There is good reason to accept the historicity of the resurrection of Christ. But in this particular case, listen to me now, the objective truth is not enough. You need to experience the subjective truth. You need a personal encounter with the risen Christ. Most of us here today, most of us here today have already had that experience. Though maybe sometimes you forget to give it the priority it deserves. So here's my challenge to you today. One, accept the historical truth of the resurrection of Christ and ask God to transform you, to change you as he transformed those courageous disciples years ago. Ask God to make real the experience of the risen Christ in your life today. The message of the cross and the empty tomb is that God can turn any defeat to victory. And whatever failure you have experienced, God can renew, God can restore, God can rebuild your life. That, my dear friends, is his promise. Even when life is at its worst, 
We can face each day knowing that this world is not all there is, man. And this world does not have the final say on anything. Jesus has got the last word on Easter morning over 2,000 years ago. And this is why today we celebrate. We are here today because over 2,000 years ago, our founder, our leader, our savior did something that has never been done before or since. And after dying a violent death on the cruel Roman cross, he was laid in a dark, cold tomb. All his enemies believed at that moment in time that it was over. We won, they thought they won, but nothing could have been further from the truth. That's because on the third day, he alone, he, he, the stone securing the, the tomb was rolled away, and Jesus of Nazareth emerged alive from the dead, victorious and triumphant. We are here today not to honor a dead man or merely remember a good teacher. We have gathered here today to worship a living king, the living son of God, the Lord of lords, the king of kings. We have come to celebrate his victory, your victory, our victory. It is Easter Sunday. It is the day that we proclaim he lives, he lives, salvation to impart. Do you know beyond any shadow of doubt that he lives? And then today, why don't you give him the chance to live within your heart? Thank you for listening to audio from New Life Foursquare, located in Harbor City and Norwalk, California. Feel free to make copies of this audio to share with others, but please do not charge for those copies or change the content in any way without permission. For more information, you can visit us online at newlifefoursquare.org.